0: Welcome to Markitecture, where you can get smart fast with in-depth interviews of leading technology vendors. I'm Ari Paparo, and I'm here with Jeff Stupé of Clean.io. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, Ari. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Before we get started, a quick disclosure, which is I am an investor in a competitor of yours, Clarity Ads or Confiance is the new name. So we won't let that get in the way of having a good conversation. Sounds good to me. All right, let's get into the meat of it on the product. So you protect publishers, advertisers, and e commerce companies. What does that mean? Like, uh, tell me what the product does.
1: Yeah. So basically, where, where we started with what's our clean ad product. And what that does is protect, it started off protecting just publishers from anything malicious that was coming through kind of the advertising network and advertising pipeline. Anything from malicious redirects, pop-ups, things like crypto mining, basically any kind of malicious experience that might originate from an ad. So where we would differ from some of the larger, I'd say more publicly traded companies such as like... IES and DV, who are kind of more focused on the traffic quality side of it, we're more focused on protecting the end publisher from what might come through the different pipelines from the DSPs and the SSPs. So we started there and kind of built up um, a lot of our business from there and kind of traveled upwards in terms of the stream. So the next you know, obvious group to partner with was the SSPs. So we also protect a number of SSPs from similar things um the product is is also a similar offering but obviously tailored for their needs and then we've actually introduced uh, another product very recently called uh, clean cart which is focused on merchants and e-commerce space and there we're protecting e-commerce vendors from a number of different things but the first feature set of that product was protecting from unauthorized coupon extensions and basically injecting coupons into the cart in real time. So there's probably some more unpacking to do there, Yeah, um, but that's kind of like the overall of our current product set.
0: No, That's great. Let's do one at a time. Okay, so Clean Ads is a publisher product, so I'm a publisher. Is it client-side or server-side?
1: So ours is entirely client-side based, okay. and, and that's actually how we differ probably from some of the other solutions in the marketplace as I understand them. And when we set out to create this product that was... An inherent decision that we made to approach the problem a little bit differently. We all kind of came from different places. Obviously, we had some people who were former AOLers. Who obviously AOL is on both sides of the equation. They have the DSP and the SSP, and they also owned and operated sites as well, like Huffington Post. So those folks were very familiar with kind of both sides of this equation. I kind of have a more publisher-based background, and some of our other folks and. We'd seen a lot of the the solutions and had tried to solve some of these things ourselves before. But nothing really kind of attacked it in a way that really focused on what was going on on the page in real time. And so that's kind of why we took the client-side approach to uh, clean ad. So the way that we work in in, in our technology is um, we're essentially looking at the behaviors and the actions that are being taken by JavaScript in real time on the page. And looking for things that violate basically a threat model that we define on our side. And that even for some of our larger um, publisher and platform clients, they can kind of help us define that model in terms of what is important to them. And then we can do one of two things when we see something that violates that model. We can either take action and block it from happening, or we can simply report it back and say, you know, that this is what's happened and, and here's a heads up. You know, I'd say that we usually prefer to take action. We like to be kind of a set it and forget it solution, if you will, and try and take care of the problem for our customers. But obviously, we're open to working any way that makes sense for the end user.
0: So you have JavaScript on the page. The the publisher puts your code on all their pages. And Mm -hmm. in real time, your JavaScript looks at the ads that are being returned from all the different sources and sees if those JavaScripts for the ads are then doing something that violates a threat model. Is that an accurate
1: description? Yeah, that's a a great description. Typically, our integration would just be like one line of JavaScript in the header if you're a publisher. Sure. Obviously, it gets a bit more complicated if you're a platform, um, but it's, it's a similar thing, basically, where you're just injecting our code.
0: And what sort of threat models are we talking about? Obviously, I can think off the top of my head, opening a new window, that obviously... No bueno. But uh, like, yeah. how do you know if someone's, you know, putting a scam ad or something like that? What's the scope so, of the threat models?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, basically, over the course of a couple of years of doing this, we've put together, I guess, a list of tells and a list of certain things that identify that somebody's either currently trying to do something malicious or about to or is highly likely to do that. Um, an example would be, let's say that there's a creative that is tracking scrolling in your device. Like if, if somebody is holding the the iPhone and it's looking at the like XY gyration of that, there's not really a real reason for a creative to do that. Uh, a malvertiser might do that because they want to make sure that it's a real human holding a phone right. rather than either a scanner that's you know scanning for something or a bot or just something else. And let's say you combine that with maybe five or, or 10 other factors. And and the way that our kind of technology works is, you know, we kind of look for those patterns. And and when we see a creative taking certain actions like in succession, then we know that it's it's pretty much guaranteed that they're about to do something malicious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a lot of questions, follow-up questions. From, uh, so start of the technical question, how, how would it work when the ad is served into an iframe? I would imagine your code can't see into the iframe.
1: I would say that that's not entirely true.
0: That would <laughs> One probably of the secrets into, of Baltimore is how to see yeah, inside an iframe. We'd
1: probably get into maybe some other details. <laughs> we, we definitely have some ways of figuring out what's going on. You know, just as like, Safe iFrames and and some of these other things that people have introduced do provide some protection against some of these threats. They don't solve the problem. And I I mean, I think that the evidence for that is obvious because many people have have implemented things like Google Safe Frames and things like that. And, uh, you know, we haven't gone out of business quite yet. So there's threats that are able to get past, And similarly, we're able to still, you know, see what they do and, and look for some of these similar tells.
0: Right. Okay. A related question one of the things I've heard some of the other security companies talk about, I think Human talks about this, is the idea that if you block too much of the bad guy's activities, they catch on and they can evolve. It's sort of like the antibiotic-resistant bacteria concept. Would you have any comments on that?
1: Yeah, I actually have a couple of different comments on that. One is that's definitely true. And, I mean, we're evaluating thousands of threats, uh, you know, a day, hour, I'm sure I'm not up to date on on the right stats here, but um, it's mounting. And we do see changes to the code. We see even like part competitive solutions called out within the threats and basically things to mitigate against those. You know, I'm not going to really provide any specifics, but we do see them evolve. Um, one thing is, is like when we partner with a publisher and an actually really especially a platform, it's really a partnership because we want to protect them. And we want to stop them. But we also don't want to provide the information to probably the end person who is doing these things. And when you work with an SSP or a DSP who's, you know, working with the agency, who's probably working with whoever is dumping those creatives in there, you don't want to be like, hey, here's how we know you did something bad. And, and here's like the trace report. Instead, you just want to be like, take kind of what I call the Google approach, which is black box to where... We've proved effectively to the partner that we work with that it's malicious, but they're not then passing that information off to, you know, the end party who could then take that in, make adjustments. So we're always looking at how things are changing and we do see them change, but uh, it hasn't really stopped us yet. I would say kind of to the other point that you raised in terms of the the human piece and, and kind of blocking these things, we've actually seen that as kind of an advantage. So what we've seen is that a lot of the time, at the end of the day, these malicious actors, they're performance marketers. Mm. And they're trying to get an ROI on these creatives from whatever scam that they're running. So they have blacklists and they have waitlists just like every other performance marketer. So one of the good effects that we've seen of clients working with us is you know, they might turn on clean, and, and a publisher might just be getting destroyed for the first, let's call it one to two to maybe a month. And uh, we'll be blocking a ton of stuff and taking a lot of action. But the malicious actors, a.k.a. performance marketers on the other side, will stop getting results on that. And so they'll add these publishers to their block lists. Right. So inherently, just by having the protection there, it's like we've added a security system to your house and found no one else wants to rob it because yeah, it's her, just unprofitable
0: and her so that's, kind of yeah like that's, that's the what metaphor. we've seen thanks for listening to hear the complete interview subscribe at architecture.tv